Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Conviction, where we feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church, culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. My name is Caleb. And my name's Parker. And today, to kick off the episode, we are going to pose the question, should churches write their own worship music? This is the starting spot for our conversation. If you're new to the show or anything like that, it might go a variety of directions. We're going to start off again with should churches write their own worship music? Parker, do you have any opening thoughts about worship music and things like that as our resident musical person? Since again, I am tone deaf and can't hold a beat. I do. Again, I don't believe in people that are actually tone deaf. I don't think that's a thing. Ask me that's the a scene. Okay. No. no. Okay. We can't get into this right now. This is a side argument. Um, back to the question. I, so for me, when I'm thinking about that question, I feel that we kind of have to, um, the way I think about it is we need to go back to what the purpose of worship is. Um, yeah, basically what, for what the purpose of worship is. And, and I guess, I guess you could attack the question in two different ways. Cause there's like, if a church is writing their own music, there's one way, which is writing their music for their congregation to sing together in, you know, together in a worship service. There's that. And then there's also just creative projects that are meant to be listened to on Spotify or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I guess you can think about it in those two ways. I'm going to go at it from the, uh, the first way, which is I'm assuming people are writing music that at the very least will be sung in a church service. Yeah. Um, I like going back to what we've said before in previous episodes, what the purpose of worship is, uh, for me, it's very much so um, the songs have to be um, songs that bring people together, that yep. it's a song that's not necessarily a um, like an individual singing to God, but it's a, it's a message that like multiple people coming from multiple different directions from different parts of life can resonate with. So it's like, in a certain way, it's almost like specifically generic yeah. in some ways, um, intentionally generic in some ways. Obviously, that's not the case for all songs, but anyway. So for me, like the question that comes up for me immediately when I'm thinking about this is if a church or l- let's say like if we want every church to make worship music, for me... I feel like that would get confusing pretty quickly for uh, congregants that are either coming from a different church uh, or um, people who are non-believers and um, they they basically have to learn each church's songbook that they go to. You know what I mean? So that's how it would be confusing? I think so. I think, I, I guess I, I would say, I think there's a value to there being songs that are broadly, you know, in mainstream media, mainstream Christian media, that chances are, if you listen to Christian music, you know this song already. Yeah. And so you don't have to, like, if you've ever been at a church service where a uh, the worship team introduces a new song, there's always that awkward, like, first time of, like, people getting it. And yeah. it usually takes, like, two, three, maybe even four times 
for everybody to know the lyrics and actually be able to physically worship um, and not be, you know, just moaning along to the to the to the melody. You yeah. know what I mean? N- not that you can't worship in that scenario, but y'all know what I'm saying. That there's that period of like, oh, we have to figure this song out. Totally. So I think there is value to having mainstream songs that um, aren't just specifically individualistic to a church. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think for myself, when it comes to should churches um, have their worship teams write their own music and things like that, a part of it is down to like, I don't know. I think for church communities, we should always be stretching ourselves in the areas that we are able. Um, You know, so like if a church has the capability and has the resources to be able to bring forth songs of praise and worship, I don't think they have to wait for, um, you know, the church down the street or the church across the country to release a new song so they have new songs to sing. But there could be times that maybe we see a need and we look and say, oh, how can I help meet this need, right? And it might not mean that you have a record label that's going to put it out to the masses, but uh, maybe it serves the need for your community, right? And so I would say there's definitely a balance to it. Like there can be in terms of a church service, a huge blessing in the fact that people are able to understand the songs. They're already coming with a little bit of like foreknowledge, or if they are somebody who is brand new to church, at least there is proven concept that people can learn these songs easily or learn them somewhat quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the way that we could view it is more so from a standpoint then of churches should write music when they see songs that need to be sung. So what I would mean by that is like for our, um, for the context that I most directly work with in youth ministry and stuff, uh, we have talked about the fact that there are not a lot of celebratory like fast songs, right? So like if people want to be like cynical, they could say just for kids to jump around and round and mosh to or things like that. Um, I would say songs for people to realize the joy that can be present within worship and that sort of a thing um, in a very expressive way that specifically for students, they oftentimes enjoy to get to experience. Um, but the thing is, is like just because Hillsong and Free doesn't have a new album coming out doesn't mean that there couldn't be new fast songs to be heard or to be written, right? Um, now, the thing for me then that I've been kind of stretching myself and thinking through is what does it look like for us as a community to not just say, wow, there's not that many fast songs out there, but to look and say, wow, well, we see a need. Could we help fill that need, right? Um in the same way that there might be a church that looks and says, man, like there is not a song. Um, let's say that there's not a song that speaks on what, like, what genuine repentance could look like for us in this moment. Obviously there's other songs that speak on it, but maybe they're saying a new song for it. Right. So there might be times that we see a need and we then can help create a song, a, a voice of worship that helps meet that need for our community. And then maybe it's a blessing to others around us. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. In the same way that, a pastor could feel led and see a need in his congregation to have a specific like singular sermon or teaching series. Like it sounds like a very similar thing to me where yeah, you see, you know, a need for, or a hole in your song uh, catalog that you're choosing from. Uh, you, 
you feel like that there's a declaration or, or I don't even know. It depends on what the need is, I guess. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Do you think there's any scenarios in which you shouldn't, a church shouldn't write their own music? Uh, or do you think it's something that every church should do? I mean, I think that, I think that we need to get to a spot where we realize that resources actually are starting to be leveled again in terms of like, I think people used to think to write and release worship music and stuff like that. You needed to have some kind of record company that could help put the music out or you needed to rent a bunch of expensive equipment and things like that. And although like, yes, it could still be, uh, let's just estimate a couple thousand dollars to get the equipment that you would need to do something well, you could still record something and put it together well if you have the people with the skill for it and not even necessarily masterful skill, right? Where you could put together a worship song, a worship album and release it for people to hear. And like Spotify, things like that are available. And, you know, with the heart of worship, not necessarily being to make money in it um, initially, um, or honestly, probably not being a motive at all, but maybe it's something that happens through partnerships or stuff. Um, You could have a church look and say, hey, we're not concerned about how much we'll make per play on Spotify. So we're just going to upload our songs to Spotify and maybe they bless people, right? So I would say since that curve of accessibility has been leveled so much, any church that feels as though they can add something, I think they should add it. But I think you need to add it with right motive. Don't add it so you become the next big worship movement or the next big worship team. Add it because there was a song that you felt could be a blessing to others. Um, You know, again, like, I guess I technically haven't talked through this with everybody, but most likely um, our youth ministry, we're starting just to like very preliminarily think through what would it look like for us to maybe try to put out a couple of songs that honestly might just be for our community. They might just be for that. But if we look and we end up finding out, wow, this has turned out well, this seems to be something that not just our kids would like and that sort of thing. Maybe we put it out there for other people to get. We have a way for them to access the chord charts, to be able to go through all that, whatever it may be. Well, we would just do that because it's to be a blessing not to be blessed in return for us having written something. Does that make sense? That kind of nuance to it? Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, I think this is slightly pivoting a little bit, but I, I saw a pretty interesting talk and it's been a while since I watched it. So I'm, I'm not going to quote it by any means because it'll probably be inaccurate. But uh, I saw this, uh, this talk that, this guy was basically um, putting forth the argument that um, that in the same way that we kind of like every Christian has a burden to be able to communicate their testimony effectively, that that's something we should just be able to do. Um, whatever means of communication that is, whether that's through you know writing or speaking or in this case, writing songs, uh, he was making the argument that if you're somebody that is a musical person, that you probably should be writing songs, even if they're not good. 
yeah. purely just to be able to express your testimony. Um, and to, um, and in so in that way, be able to, um, you know, not that, uh, for sure that it would speak to anybody. Maybe it's even just something for you, but if it does, great. You know totally. what I mean? So I think, um, yeah, I think that even if, like, if we were to write songs or whatever in true life, I, I don't think that would ever be bad. Yeah. Even if it's something that didn't even take off. You know what I mean? In terms totally. of like people like it or not. Well, that's my thing that I've seen a lot of people, um, and this isn't to be a critique to anything directly. I've just noticed at times is when people have maybe pursued after things like that in a church context where maybe it's not expected of them, right? Pursued um, after what? Sorry. Uh, it's like songwriting, like worship songs writing or doing like um, singles or albums or EPs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm is it seems for a lot of people that like the end goal was, and and, and this, and again, this is not the heart that was being portrayed probably within the group, but it ends up coming across as the end goal just was like, we have now released some music. Good job. We released some music, right? Check. Um, and now that challenge has been accomplished within our, our ministry context. And there's a reality that can end up being how people approach things. And I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. And maybe it was just a seasonal thing, but like, that's even again, for myself, I look at, and I, I'm not musical, so I'm not trying to act like I am, but I look at something like worship and worship music in the similar vein Two things like preaching, two things like creating experiences and opportunities for people to be in the presence of God. Um, so like for myself, when it comes to writing sermons, I'm actually a very big proponent to get as many reps as you can. And that does not mean to trivialize it down to just viewing it as getting reps, as in it was just like, you just need public speaking hours, but meaning like it is a gift to be worked through and tailored and to get better at and to get better at an art or a practice or a gifting, you have to do it. And so when there ends up being people and not in a bad way, but when there ends up being people who are younger who are, let's say, um, youth pastors or pastoring in different roles and capacities, and all they do is delegate away opportunities to preach and teach with a great heart. What's their heart? Their heart is development and trying to build other people up, but they are giving away the opportunity they have to also be able to grow. So it's a both and. Find the opportunity for people to grow, but you need to grow yourself. The reason why I'm saying this is because for myself, when it's come to writing messages I, at this point, have gotten to preach a, a pretty good deal of them. Actually, um, I, I think me and Sierra were talking about the other day, I think I'm just passing like the 150 message mark, um, which is like pretty crazy to think about, like that sort of a thing. And even if we were to lower that to just 100 or something like that, that's a pretty like cool milestone to get to. And yeah. I am a better preacher now than I was earlier. There's messages when I first started preaching that I wouldn't preach. There's one or two I maybe would still. Um, there's one actually for uh, for for kind of an outreach event that I'm, I'm reworking because um, it was one I did early on that I was like, man, that's still one of the better clear pictures of the gospel I've ever given. I want to rework that so we can do that effectively. And so with what I'm saying towards that, with worship music, I think we oftentimes end up approaching it from a mindset of 
if you're not like this big successful band already, you got like one shot to prove you're good at it. Yeah. Or else don't do it again. Like that was bad. You're bad at music. Yeah. You're bad at this thing. And like the reality is, no, no, you're growing. Yeah, no, totally. Like it, it seemed like, and again, you don't have to like release all of it, but maybe it's like you sit down and you look and say, Hey, our goal is to, our goal is to one, just write music and worship that honors and glorifies God that um, edifies scripture and edifies the believer and helps point people to know him better. But then looks and says, so that means we're going to write a lot of bad songs. But guess what, God? If it's just a joyful noise, that's good. Yeah. But if you don't, like, I find it so funny because, again, it's just like people limit themselves a lot of the times. Like, you want, let's say somebody wants to write a worship song that could be impactful for a generation. That's their genuine hope and heart. Okay. You probably need to write a hundred. And then there'll be that one that finally sticks. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I think it's just something about life that sometimes it just takes time of kind of failing upward or falling into things. Um, I had a, and again, just because preaching and worship, they have such a correlation to one another. I've had messages where I have fallen into some of my probably most impactful moments of preaching on accident where I'd written something one way and then I just kind of, we have this little, not even tangent, but a continuation of a thought happen. Mm -hmm. And then it goes and that just becomes the ending of the message because it ends up being like, man, like that was what needed to be said. And guess what? That happens after all these other times and all these other moments. And I couldn't script it to be perfect. It just happened. Um, So, you know, I look to, you know, maybe it's churches, um, youth ministries within churches, young adult ministries, whatever it may be. And it's just like, man, you want to, you want to write worship music. You want to help impact. Just start doing it. You know, just start, just start trying. And if you try with the right motive and intent, you'll never be upset. Like you won't be upset that you didn't write a song that millions of people heard. You'll just be like, God, all I care is that you heard it. Yeah. And you had that chance to share it with others though. Yeah, no, totally. Like I feel, I think you're right. I think like this would never happen, but if somebody like if a group or some people at church were to ask me like, Hey, should we write music? Like to me, it would be, it would be a question of what, what your motives were, which is kind of like what we're getting back to. Like, or maybe not even motives, but what are your expectations? Like, are you, are you going into this expecting to the first, first, couple tries nail it and then be done and then you're happy or are you somebody who's just gonna commit to the process and just keep writing yeah. you know what i mean like it it, it, it it sounds crazy to have the, like to think of like the, i don't think this would really ever happen but like for a pastor to come up or an aspiring pastor to come up aspiring preacher and be like okay i'm gonna try a couple times and I'm hoping after one or two, I nail it and then I'm done. Like that just sounds weird. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think also, by the way, I like, I know you're not a music guy, but you're a communication guy. And at the end of the day, I think that like music and worship, like it comes down to communicating a message. It's not like, yes, part of it is just, 
um, you know, being able to have a song that brings everybody together, but also like songwriting, it's something that, um, I think of it very similar as writing a testimony and communicating a message. Like I, I, uh, there's this uh, really, there's this quote about songwriting that I love. Uh, it's actually written by an atheist, uh, Yip Harburg. He's the guy who wrote the lyrics. He was a lyricist. He wrote the lyrics to, uh, somewhere over the rainbow Ah. and a few other songs. He had this quote and I might not be getting it perfect, but it, uh, it goes, uh, Music makes you feel feelings. Uh, words make you think thoughts. A song makes you feel thoughts. Yeah. And like, I just love that quote in terms of like, and I, I, I wish in some ways, and, th- and this is just me going on about Christian songwriting in general, in general, but uh, like, I understand that for some songs, there is a place to have that intentional generality like I talked about before. Yeah. But I wish there was more songs in Christian music that sought to truly like convey a thought. You know what I mean? Not just like, like there's a reason I don't listen to a lot of pop songs. It's cause it's literally it, it, very much so is just like a template. Yeah. I hate that about those, the, those types of songs. I hate template songs where it's like, let's just throw a kick and a snare on the, on the one and the, or one and the three and then the snare on the two and the four, put a hip hop beat behind it. You Check know, all the boxes. if you want to make a country, put a country sounding guy and put some banjo in the background and talk about the right topics. And all of a sudden it's country. Yeah. Like, I hate that. Anyway, this is rant. Sorry, but, um, yeah. Anyway. So then for churches, I mean, I agree with you. I think there's those times that when it comes to worship and although again, he was an atheist, but this idea, I like that, this idea that like music, it makes us feel thoughts. I just think so when it comes to worship, like it's us being able to connect with God in a way that is feeling, but also makes us think through the things that we are feeling and the things that we're trying to express. Yeah. I'm, and when I, when I say that and like, I, I mean more so that like he obviously takes or took, he, I believe he's passed away now, took songwriting very seriously. Totally. And I think there's sometimes like what we were talking about before, where we just like, it may ha- we may have good intentions where, you know, where we obviously want the song to be beneficial, but I think, like you said, I think we need to be able to, like, if you want to write music, you need to be able to put in the reps to be able to get to that point where you're taking it very seriously, in my opinion. Then, and granted, this is all coming from a guy who's never written a full song. Yeah. So bear that in mind with a grain of salt, but yeah. Which is totally good. I mean, like, I think there's a lot of people too out there that just have to realize like, yes, there's intimidating things in life, but they're things that we should do. And I think like writing worship music within the Christian community is one of those big things that just looks very intimidating, but just, just, just try it. Just do it. Like what is stopping 
your church from having like a handful of songs that were written by your community to glorify and build up God. They were not written so that your community could just look and say, look at us, we have some music, but it's like written because you're like, God, this is our cry to you. This identifies our heart because of the vision that you've placed upon us. Um, you know, and like, that's where it's just like, yeah, it's just, it doesn't have to be so complicated. It doesn't have to be like, man, what are we going to do for next Easter? Well, we'll see what Carrie Job, which no, no shade to Carrie Job, great person, has a lot of amazing worship music. But like, we don't need to wait for Carrie Job to release a new song to say that could work for a holiday special. Yeah. We, we don't need to wait for, uh, you know, Elevation or Brandon Lake to come out with new music so that we're able to look and say, there we go. We have new songs to do. And also, we don't need to go to the depths of some of the lesser known songs of a variety of people to say, we need to try something new because nothing's new been released. And then you realize, oh, there's a reason why these ones weren't chosen for a while. Because they were filling out an album and there's still songs that some people may enjoy, but they might not be the best. Maybe there's a song that you could write for your church, for your region, for your area. And again, I, I agree with you. I think it's good to have the variety in it. Like, let's say you were making a worship set, just doing original music for certain communities. Maybe that works and that's cool for you. And you know what? If you're a church, like, and it's kind of funny, like maybe you're a church, like upper room uh, down in Dallas and they have a lot of different music they've now released and things like they probably for the most part, just do their songs. I haven't been there before or anything like that, so I'm presuming. But they have enough worship music, I'd imagine they could do their own songs. So that maybe is then even the balance shift. There becomes a point where your sound is so known as a church that you can do the songs that reflect your church and community, right? Um, I just think for a lot of churches, a lot of communities, it's what can we do to do that? Like maybe your church, even you look and you're like, oh, this is really cool, guys. But like our church doesn't even have a full worship team and stuff like that. Could you make music then that services the worship team available to you really well? Mm-hmm. Right? Like maybe that's you looking and saying all we have is an acoustic guitar and a cajon. Or maybe we just have an acoustic guitar with five strings. I don't know. Could you take the time to find the sound then that's going to bring your church and community into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's obviously different things you can do to help build things out, to be able to be more full, whatever, but find those opportunities. Like that was the other week, um, myself and Kennedy, who helps lead worship for youth. We were, uh, she's our worship pastor for youth. We were taking time to talk through the set and it was an acoustic set. And I just looked for one of the songs and was like, Hey, does that one really work acoustic? It's a good song, but does it work for the way that we are presenting worship tonight? And we talked about it. It was good. It went great and trusted her. I just couldn't wrap my head around it at first. And so we need to take those steps and just see what can happen. And so what? You ended up writing a bad song. I think God's really happy. Like, okay, this is a dumb example. It's a really silly one, but I think it works. Okay. You know some of the things that I think parents in the long run end up appreciating the most? the ugly drawings their kids did when they were little. Like in a weird way. Like these uninspired, unimpressive works of art mm-hmm. where the kid goes and script. My my niece, Esther, she signed a card for me, and, for me and Sierra. She had a little scribble in there. And I was like, I love her. 
it's not impressive what she did or anything like but you know what she was wanting to show i love my uncle and i love my aunt yeah so i that card i'm pretty sure it still is is in my backpack i just have it there it's just in my backpack i don't look at it all that i just got it there though because i'm just like i just care about this thing right yeah and maybe for yourself, if you're listening to this and you're a slightly musical person, maybe you, maybe all you know how to do is play the piano and sing a little bit even. That's all you need. That's one. It's all you need. It's true. If you can only play the bass and sing a little bit, it still might be all you need, but you'll just have a little it's bit a little different sometimes. of a feeling song. But like if you just can play the piano and sing a little bit and you're sitting there and you're just kind of like, man, what could I do to glorify God? Maybe it's going and sitting down on the piano and you just start to play out a tune and you just start to say a few words. Maybe you go to the Psalms, you read some of the Psalms and you look and say, man, I, could, could, I, could I sing something like that to God? That sort of thing. And guess what? Not to trivialize the work and effort you're putting out. But if it's terrible, I bet you it's like God being handed a little kid's piece of art. And he looks and he says, I love this one. Why? Because I know that you're just trying to show me you love me. Yeah. Like it's not about being impressive. Yeah. Now we should strive for excellence and presenting things well and things like that. That's true. Like if your song that you wrote on your piano at home is terrible, but you know that God loved it, it might've just been for God to love and that's okay. But then you keep going back and back and back. And there might be a time you look and you say, this one now seems like it might be for me and somebody else too. Yeah. And that's a moment where then you can look and say, all right, this goes beyond. But why is it going beyond? Because it's something now for somebody else to also engage with God in. Yeah. I would also say too, like just practically, um, and this is something that I'm currently working on, but it's something that's helped me. Um, If you are not in a place where you feel like, if you're in a place where you feel like that you you realistically probably don't have all the tools or have the um uh like yeah the musical tools whether that be music theory or um just knowledge to be able to write a whole song a full-fledged song uh start with just doing cover songs well in terms of a worship band make the song your own yeah, yeah. You don't don't feel like you have like I think there's a place for doing some songs exactly like the record. Like you may want to like maybe it's a song that has a very distinctive guitar riff and like it's really dope and yeah, you're probably going to just going to steal that guitar riff. But like I get that side of it. On the other hand, like you shouldn't feel as either an individual or as a worship band, you shouldn't feel that you have to stick to exactly how the record is. Yeah. And I think if you play around with dynamics, play around with, play around with chords, switch up some chords, like it doesn't have to be the same and, and develop those, those, um, those tools to be able to like, and then once you get, once you do that and you, mess around with a song and just manipulate it. You get to understand how the structure of a song works. And then from that, you can take that framework as a starting point. Totally. For one of your own songs. 
No, that totally makes sense. That's something that I've told uh, me and Sierra have talked about quite a bit where I'm just like, man, like it would be cool to see different renditions of songs done more often, right? Like yeah. what is the one? Um, I think if I'm remembering right, I might be remembering the wrong song. Keen's Kaleidoscope has a really iconic, at this point, I think a lot of people would consider it iconic, but rendition of Come Thou Fount that is just like, it is it is true to the heart of the hymn, yeah, and the heart of the words, but the sound they gave it was very modern and all of those things, and so you start to listen to it and it kind of brought it to a new generation. Um, one other recommendation I would just make from a pastoral standpoint to anybody who's like, man, what would be beneficial things? You know what? Like, there's not. There's a lot, I would say, but there's not a lot at the same time of just very powerful choruses in terms of just like a chorus that stands on its own, that doesn't need to be fully within a song where you might look and say, hey, I wrote this chorus and it could be tagged on to a number of songs and be just a beneficial way to land something, right? And there's a lot of times I look at like worship sets or things like that. And uh, I think in terms of like, oh, you know, how long do we have to get to be in worship tonight, right? So I look at our sets and there might be times I'm like, man, we have like another four minutes we could do. And I'm like, what's just a chorus we could do for four minutes and just rest in the presence of that and rest in the presence of God in the midst of that. And like, there's a couple that I really enjoy and like, and there's a couple that I found. Uh, there's a couple that Parker makes fun of me for. Um, but hey, I am not the only person that makes fun of me for. Them. Oh, I know. I just think all of Don't you single are, me out here, bro. I think all of you are just objectively wrong. But with that being objectively said, wrong. Yes. But uh, you could have times you're sitting down and you're just like, what do I sing? It, it just might be five. It might be four sentences, maybe a four sentences of worship to God. And you find a way to be able to have that go out in a way that just is repeatable and sayable. And uh, that can also be a starting point. Maybe you don't have a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a bridge to put all together. It just might be a chorus that could be a really encouraging, you know, few minutes of worship and that sort of a thing. Yeah. I'd also say too, like practically as an exercise, I know we're kind of straying away slightly from the question, but like practically as a worship person, whether you're an instrumentalist or a singer or whatever, um, I challenge you to start like improvising at home. Don't feel like you have to play a specific song if you're well, okay. Well, first off, you should be practicing just worshiping with your instrument at home. Yeah. That should be a thing, in my opinion. I guess I haven't really heard anybody say that, but I think that should I think that should be the case. Like I have I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. Like for me, I play I'd say my main instrument's piano. I also play bass. I also play acoustic. Um for me, my goal with all my instruments, especially piano, because that's the one I'm most adept in, I want to be able to sing with my piano. Yeah. I want to have the same, um, uh, how do you say it? Like, I want to have my spirit behind it. I know that sounds super cheesy, but I want every note that I'm playing to be lyrical. I want it to be like, it needs to have intent behind it. 
and not just intent of like, oh, I'm going to play this scale over these chord chords because I know that's how it's going to it's going to work well, but develop the freedom to be able to worship with your instrument first off, which kind of transitions into what I'm going to say next. Learn how to improvise uh, with that. Um, and in so doing, like during those moments where um, like there's been lots of times where Caleb has asked me to play keys underneath either Kennedy singing or sometimes just even me just playing like taking those skills of being able to worship just with my instrument Mm -hmm. comes in real good handy. Like, I don't know if anybody else would say this, but I feel like this sounds so cheesy, but like I have a voice behind my piano. Yeah. Like, and I sound like me and I don't sound like anybody else. That sounds cheesy again. Sorry for all the cheesy phrase phrasings, but uh, like anyway, you should develop that. Yeah. And that's an important skill to have when you're leading those worship moments. Cause you're not regurgitating something. No. You're actually breeding something forth. Yes. And if you have that um, ability, you can translate that into songwriting mm-hmm. or like, and having that skill allows you to make songs your own too. You totally. know, um, anyway, that's oh, good. Um, well, with that in mind, I think we're kind of at a good spot. Yeah. So when it comes to songwriting for worship, worship music for churches and stuff, um, obviously there's a lot of music out there that you guys can benefit from and use and utilize, but do not be intimidated to not bring forth the songs that God may have for you. And uh, if there's something worth sharing, share it, see what people think of it, but don't have them think of it so that they can just look and say, good job on you, but have it where they look and say, man, I can praise God through this. Um, know that you have a voice, know that you have something to bring forward. Uh, to quote a podcast um, that I've listened to time and time again, um, we can preach. We don't necessarily always preach other people's sermons. We don't need to always sing other people's songs then. And so when it comes to worship, find the song that you have, but also enjoy the ones that are out there. But yeah. Any yeah. last thought from you? Not really, man. Good deal. I yeah, I would say, um, yeah, just make sure you have the right intent behind it, honestly. Yeah. And if you do, go ahead and write. In the same way, like, uh, I know we've already kind of addressed it, but like writing out your testimony or learning how to speak your testimony or communicate that by telling it to people physically, you know, writing songs isn't is another way to do that so if you have the right intent behind it go for it there we go that's my ending my ending answer start writing some music everybody with that being said thank you so much for checking out this episode uh, of the podcast we appreciate it so much if you guys can leave a rating review on spotify apple wherever you're listening that is always a huge blessing it's been awesome to see some of the ratings coming on in and also if you can follow us on instagram at the caleb and parker podcast that would be great you can dm us any questions or comments you may have Um, and also sometimes we're now starting to share clips of episodes and so if you have one you see that you like share it on with some friends it helps spread the podcast around and we appreciate it so so much with that being said my name's caleb and my name's parker we'll see you guys next time see ya